Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. Oh, wait a minute, Mark. Who are you again? Mark. Try that again. Okay, there you go. What happened? Uh, I didn't turn on your microphone. No. Anyway, the toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231, and you can bring up whatever you want. So we'll start tonight with a story about lead. And getting the lead out, or rather keeping your children away from anything that might possibly contain lead, uh, lead in it. What's going on, Mark? Yep. Um, this is, uh, well, you, you know the story of the, the, the to- toys can't, can now not have any kind of lead in them and must be tested, and then the testing costs $3,000 per model of toy. Right. It's anything that's intended to be marketed toward people under the age of 12. Right. And it's, it sounds like a really great idea when you're dealing with, uh, you know, big toy companies buying their stuff in China. But when you're talking about little toy companies that perhaps make their toys out of simply unpainted wood, wood or wool, and they still need to get their toys tested, it, it really, you know, I mean, it basically puts the, uh, the little cottage industry out of business. And there's a lot of them out there. And here's another uh, sort of bit that people probably didn't realize. This is from a, a blog post um, about you know somebody who's in the industry so they understand what's going on. Um, there's no story on this because it's just too uh, you know, minute mm-hmm. for there to be a story written. No more replacement parts for minis and no more mini racing. I guess a mini is a type of uh, motorcycle and or ATV. And I've, I, a friend of mine was into these, and, and they're tiny little bikes. And like an action, not 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 just uh, like a Power Wheels, but something with some real. Oh no! Oh, you sit on this. It. Yeah, you sit on this. Well, you sit in a Power Wheels. Power Wheels are these little cars that okay. kids have, and they drive them around. They have a little battery in them, and they go yeah, they, zoom, zoom. These things go, and I, it was my understanding that you know they've got some real horsepower in the engines as far as yeah. Uh, There's a real uh, bike up to, up to 85 uh, cc's, which is I, you know I had a 50 cc Honda XL, and uh, you know it, it's a real motorcycle. Anyway, this and, and I drove it before I was legally able to. I think I got it for mm-hmm. my 12th birthday. And we had a farm, so I'm... And that's around. where I would imagine people would be using devices like you're describing here. These essentially what are bikes and ATVs for little people, right? For right. little yes. kids. And so you wouldn't have them riding that out on the road. You'd have them riding it on some sort of private uh, you know, Dirt racing track. track or, or, yeah. yeah, somebody's uh, pasture or something like that. So you'd load it up in the back of your real truck and then take it to wherever it is they wanted to drive it and they could go and have fun with it. So this Well, they could. Now they won't be able to. Right. This letter is from uh, Greg Robinson, owner of the um, Unundala Power Sports. Good afternoon. Forget the good. As our country has descended into lunacy, Mm. I must say I'm rather concerned about the fate of our sport and industry, not to mention our local communities for the further loss of jobs and dollars that our industry brings each year. It's certainly that dire. Believe me. As of yesterday, he's saying the loss of jobs and dollars to the industry. I'd say that there's also something even more important here. My dad and I had many bonding times where I would ride the motorcycle. He would teach me about things about the motorcycle. We spent a lot of time because he was a motorcycle rider himself. Mm Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time together on that motorcycle or with, you know, playing around with a motorcycle and that kind of thing. And I imagine some fathers and sons, this is their best bonding time. Well, Mark, now they can spend time uh, talking about how to be extra super safe together. Yeah, that'll be great because boys love that. And how not to take any risks whatsoever. 
as of yesterday, all the OEMs, and I believe that's... Uh, original, original Equipment Manufacturer. Right. OEMs had to pull for sale all new youth mini cycles and ATVs for those under the age of 13, mm. as this order of the CPSC due to the lead content of plastics and certain metals. Ever heard of a kid eating the fender of a motorcycle? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if you sit on the motorcycle, the lead doesn't just leach into your skin. No. As of yesterday, the dealer or private individual can no longer provide parts or service to these affected machines, in which there is a possibility that those same parts may contain lead. No oil changes. Plastic, levers, engine casings, etc. Goggles, helmets, clothing, knee braces, you name it. You may think that... It is just for new machines, but it is for everything new and used. Wow. The CPSC also ruled that Consumer Product Safety Council... This also is the, the bureau- commission, I believe, and it's commission. the bureaucracy that's in charge of, I guess, enforcing and enumerating these rules. The CPSC also ruled that the machines under 85 cc's are considered toxic to the health of young children. <laughs> just machines under 85 cc. Maybe if you put your mouth over the tailpipe. Yeah, they, they, it is toxic if you if you if just sit there and leave it running in your garage with mm-hmm. the doors closed. It, you, you will die from it, no doubt. Effective yesterday, Honda has pulled replacement parts for their um, service system for these machines pending lead certification. Mm. This takes 400 days. KTM, Suzuki, Kawasaki, Yamaha are doing the same thing. If you have a one, two, three-year-old machine, you won't be able to buy most parts for it very soon. Yamaha is sending out restrictions to its dealers saying that an 85cc bike can only be sold and should only be operated by someone over the age of 13. But who could sit on such a thing, right? <laughs> How big uh, are these? They're, they're big enough. I mean, you, you, yeah, they're probably a little smaller. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm just, when I was 12, it fit fine, I guess, is how I'm thinking of my 50cc bike. Gotcha. Uh, but my dad rode it. I mean, it was, it was a little motorcycle, but I don't know. Yamaha, uh, excuse, um, now the fun part for us as a race promoter. Because the manufacturer are now issuing these guidelines, we as promoters cannot allow a youth under the age of 13 to participate for two reasons. We are allowing They're liable to participate in a sanctioned activity on a vehicle that has been determined to be the manu- to be, um, by the manufacturer and the CPSC to be unsafe for that age level. We are allowing someone to participate in a sanctioned activity on a vehicle um, that the CPSC has determined as a toxic substance. So if you think I'm joking, consider the following. MX Sports is considering removing youth classes from the Loretta Lens program, GNCC and ATV Nationals. We, all, um, we run all three of these series, and I can tell you that these classes make up over one-third of our entries and more than half of our attendance. People wow. love this stuff. I, I I had a renter in the house, and they you know that's what they did every weekend. They went out and you know raced all over the the state. The AMA will be forced to ban youths under the uh, under thirteen from any AMA amateur or pro competition due to legal ramifications. The same will apply to local districts and sanctioning bodies, as insurance will not be available to cover this exposure. The lifeblood of insurance our sport insurance isn't available. They're not going to do it, right? Right. The lifeblood of our sport is these kids. If they cannot participate, they will find something else to do, and we will not get them back. They will not race, watch, or buy products. That means mom, dad, and other bro- brothers and sisters won't be there either buying mm-hmm. tickets. You're done. Your you- business is over. Yep. Unadilla will most likely not participate in any form of amateur racing. With only half or less of the entries left, it won't be financially possible. Do I have your attention yet? 
There are two group efforts um, going on right now to get a temporary stay granted for the C- uh, by the CPSC for the off-road vehicles. Beg, beg, beg. Yep. That'll and change it. The Motorcycle Industry Council and the Missouri State House Rep Mike Sense, um, number four in line of the, are both uh, developing grassroots letter campaigns through websites to develop a groundswell of support for this stay. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that this is only temporary, and unless a federal injunction or legislation is developed, it's going on anyway. When was I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when was this written? This uh, this particular blog post is it dated? It doesn't. Anywhere? It, it doesn't have a date. I got it a couple of days ago. Okay. Um, there are several options floating around on the subject, saying that our thinking is flawed and that the only sale of new units is affected. If that is the case, why are helmet, goggles, sneakers, sunglasses, OEM parts and accessories, and dealer service being pulled for these units? I'll leave you with this. If indeed this is overblown and we are right um, right that we shouldn't be affected by this, it still doesn't mean that we can't or won't be sued by someone using this logic and, worse yet, convince a jury that the above is true. If it gets that far, you will only have uh, spent nearly a million dollars in your own defense just to prove that you are right all along. Mm. Is that worth it to you to do? Anyway, he goes on and tells people what they can do. But, you know, I, I think it's really sad that here's the Consumer Product Safety um, Commission, Council, whatever whatever, whatever they are, um, just destroying this way that fathers and sons manage to bond. I mean, this is the thing that they do together, and this mm. is the thing that they love. It can be very hard to get young boys to not be uh, running around with their friends, but instead want to spend time with you. And it's you, you know, so you have to use things to lure them away, and <laughs> that's what's being done here. And, and it's a shame. So sad. Yep. Putting people out of bit, putting you know people out of business, which means their families suffer. Putting and then all the families that do this, the, you know, the, the bonding that's going to suffer. This sucks. Are you in this business or close to it, or perhaps uh, you are a consumer of their services? I would love to have your thoughts on this at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. Completely free. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. You know email is not secure, but hey, privacy's dead anyway, right? Well, wrong. Introducing privacyharbor.com, and it's an easy-to-use, secure email alternative. It's guaranteed. You can sign up for a free account today, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. 800-259-9231. I want to continue discussing this insane Consumer Product Safety Commission enforcement of this new, really crazy law that essentially restricts children from even coming into contact with anything that might contain lead in it. It's just madness, and it's destroying at least one industry, if not more than one. We've certainly talked about uh, in detail what has happened to the, or what is happening to the small toy manufacturers, but it's expanding out in ways that nobody originally imagined already. Uh, we'll get to some more on this, but your calls are primary. We go to your phone calls first and talk to Mike in Maine. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. How you doing? Mike, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, Ian, I was listening to you the other day on Talk Back. Uh, I went, finally listened to that, and uh, when you co-hosted, 
And uh, I listened to you get railed by these people one after another, and I thought you held up pretty well against all of them. You're referring and, to a local talk show that airs on the talk station here in Keene, New Hampshire. I was invited in uh, very graciously by the host of that show. And this happened, I think, probably over a year and a half ago at this point, but the archive is still available at freekeen.com. What, what, what did you have to say about it? Okay, well, when I was listening to it, I, while you held up very well, I kind of thought that um, – your style in handling them was slightly inefficient, and I mean no offense by that. Uh, what I want to suggest was that um, it seems that it would work best if there was some type of structured response that addressed the foundational arguments of uh, libert- uh, voluntarianism, whatever you want to call it, libertarianism, instead of arguing a- about specific issues sometimes. Like, it seems to me like when people argue about specific issues, you're arguing about different things unless you understand the foundations first. When you say foundations, you mean the idea of not aggressing against one's neighbor, that sort of thing, as opposed to all the details as to why a government program is inefficient? That's right. Like, you know, um, I was listening to, a, uh, on Bureaucrash, I listened to a, uh, Crispin Sartwell the other, other day talking about, like, the philosophical underpinnings of, like, uh, anarchism and, you know, uh, freedom and liberty. And those were kind of like, you know, the real foundational underpinnings that, I think if you don't have an understanding with someone first, you really can't argue about something uh, like an issue necessarily unless, you under, unless you're in agreement about those things first. And it just seemed to me like if you had addressed people a little bit more on the foundational underpinnings from where you were coming from, which I, you did in a lot of roundabout ways, but like to get to it right off the bat, like cut through the everything, you know, that they're – I don't understand if you see what I'm getting at. I see where you're. I see where you're coming from. Unfortunately, you know, you're talking about something that happened a, a long time ago at this point, and so my approach may be different today than it would have been back then. Uh, plus, it's pretty easy to get yourself distracted uh, from what the what your main point might be. So, to that, I, I completely agree with you. I'm guilty as anybody else in this movement of of uh, being able to be taken off track of perhaps having in my mind what it is that I want to accomplish and what I want to communicate, but then having somebody come in from left field uh, with a question that I wasn't expecting or something. About Abraham Lincoln. Or or whatever, you know, whatever the (laughs) issue might be, and then getting bogged down into the details on that. And sometimes, unless you've got notes in front of you, it can be kind of difficult to to recenter yourself. So what I would suggest for you is that you come up here and do a better job. <laughs> well, no, I, like I said, I meant no offense by it, but, but what, I was, what I wanted to suggest was, uh, and I don't know if someone's taken the time to really, like, uh, I, don't, I hate to say, like, put, like, a structured, you know, response that hits the underpinnings together that, you know, like, that can be utilized uh, almost in a way where, you know, you can, instead of getting caught up in the issues, like I said, you can just cut right to that foundational underpinning I, argument. I, I, understand, I understand where you're coming from, and I, I think that uh, it can be used effectively. However, I would also say, you know, avoid the siren's call of some incantation that will suddenly convert people when they hear those words, uh, you know, thrown mm-hmm. together. The fact is, the vast majority of people don't care if they're initiating force on you as long as they get what they want. They don't care if you get a ticket um, for, you know, not wearing your seatbelt. They don't care if you get thrown in jail. They don't care if your family suffers. As long as you wear the damn seatbelt, we said wear the seatbelt. And that's how they feel. 
That's true. So, well, I just wanted to throw that out there, and I, I appreciate I, you guys taking my call. I think it's a good argument. I just, you know, be careful. Don't think that you're going to come up with one argument that's going to handle them all. Yeah, thank you for the call. I, I'd like to expand on that, and that is that we've been calling, and I say we, I mean a handful of the activists here in the Keene area, have been calling this talkback show for a while now, on a weekly basis. It happens on Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to noon. And we actually stream it live on the Free Talk live streams. You can hear it, and you can participate if you like. Riveting, but, riveting stuff. But over the, over the weeks and weeks and weeks, perhaps years that we've been calling the show at this point, we've certainly covered everything from the details on various different issues to the philosophical. In fact, I'm sure we've come around to the philosophical plenty of times on the show. And, you know, the reality is the host of the show was one of the city councilors, very nice uh, lady. She has admitted recently on the air that she just goes along to get along. That's just how she is. She likes the status quo, just how it is. Doesn't really, you know, concern her too much that her friends and family members might be being thrown in prison cells for... Uh, for drug possession or whatever other tyrannical, awful things the government is doing. She just likes to go along to get along. So for somebody like that, we can make all the points we want to, all of the brilliant philosophical remarks that we would like. And but fear is what's motivating somebody like that. It's or going preventing on her from, right. from coming in our direction. She may be able to understand the points. She may be able to comprehend what it is that we're saying. But she doesn't want to, because of her position, she's inherently deeply involved in the, the government as a city councilor. She doesn't want to link herself to the violence. We make it pretty crystal clear that the government is violent on the show, and we talk about solutions as to how we can move from here to there, and that's what we want to do. She is quite afraid, as you say, Mark. She's she's steeped in fear over the idea of things changing, and a lot of people are stuck in, in that well, place. I didn't and say there, she was... there is nothing we can say that are, is going to instantly pop them out of their you know their little dream world. Oh, I didn't say that she was steeped in fear. I don't know her, but um, I, I can say that somebody would make a statement like I like to go along to get along is it, it, it sounds like they're operating from fear um, because, well, you know, not making a decision is still making a decision. Mm-hmm. So deciding that you hear something that's moral and then deciding not to make a decision towards that moral thing um, when you just want to go along because you just want to go along to get along is operating from fear and it's immoral. And the reality of the situation uh, of that that we're experiencing, and that is we're attempting to or we're moving towards the voluntary society and helping people understand the concepts of liberty, the reality is people do want answers. You know, when you talk about how people should engage in things on a voluntary basis... How we can educate the kids? They want to know how education's going to happen, and they want to know how fire protection will occur, and they want to know these things. I don't care, just so long as we don't initiate force on your neighbor. And that's, that's fine. An that's fine to say that, but it's not an answer that's going to satisfy those people. More yeah. on the way. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and you can enjoy those on us. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their shows, we do ours free, so enjoy at freetalklive.com. Now, coming up here later this week... It's hard to believe that it's already here, Mark. The 2009 Liberty Forum kicks off in just days. Free Talk Live will be there for the inaugural evening when uh, we will... Is it is inaugural evening an appropriate term for that? Inauguration? Sounds right. Beginning of... I think you could have just passed over it. Nobody would have even thought about it. Well, anyway, I want to make sure I get my vocabulary correct. Uh, so, the first evening is Thursday evening, and we're going to be there live broadcasting from the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire. And I know a number of people are going to already be there enjoying themselves. There's, I, I believe they have a comedian that's going to be performing at the hotel as part of the Liberty Forum on Thursday night. So that's going to be fun, and who knows what sort of after-hours shenanigans will be going on. Uh, it's going to be a good time, and hopefully you'll be able to make it up this weekend for, if not the entire Liberty Forum, perhaps part of the Liberty Forum, because you can purchase a la carte if you can only come up for Saturday, show up at the front door, and there will uh, likely be tickets available for you for a simple one-day pass. So come on up and experience what it's like to be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-loving people and see some of the great speakers that they're going to have there. You can still get all the details over at Free State Project.org slash Liberty Forum. However, it is too late for you to purchase online. So you will have, if you're going to come now and you haven't gotten your tickets already, you just have to show up at the door and buy your tickets at that point. And uh, by the way, the hotel is sold out, so you probably have to get a hotel room across the street if you're late to the party. Better than nothing. All right, 800-259-9231. Again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information on that. We'll be broadcasting there all weekend long. We go to New Hampshire, where Tom is on the line. New, uh, New Hampshire, Tom, hello. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention, back on May 17th, in Via Ahumada, Chihuahua, <laughs> some uh, gunmen were going around shooting, and they killed three cops, the police chief and two other cops, and... Uh, the rest of the cops in the town determined it was time to go get a job and work for a living. <laughs> and uh, so uh, that left the town without any police protection and uh, without any, of course, uh, one could argue that now the town is protected from the police, too. But uh, that left the town without any cops. No one to write any stop sign violation tickets anymore. Hmm? See, because the cops figured out, those cops since it happened right there in their town, that was enough uh, to uh, make them understand that drug enforcement will not be tolerated. And now, and that drug, the, uh, and that drug war left that town completely without uh, you know the police protection. And what uh, happens then is you, you know we uh, you get morons running around saying those terrible awful drug addicts who are buying from these terrible off they're patronizing a, a business. It kills police officers. Mm. Well, duh. You know what happens when you legalize the drugs? Then they buy them from the store down the street from reputable business people. Right, and I'm pretty but, sure but Budweiser the, doesn't employ hit squads. But but and you know the morons are just just plain too stupid to understand this. And uh, the only way they're ever gonna. Uh, be educated. The only way to educate some voters is to teach them a lesson like the the ones down there in that town. But uh, the other angle, the one thing you to try to say they're not violating anyone's rights by using these harmful drugs 
And you get back the issue of if they're driving while they're high on these drugs, then they could crash into you or them or anybody else. And the way to make our roads safer is to press governments in the Caribbean to tighten up on their banking regulations to make our roads safer. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, actually, they actually think that. I'm confused. What is the Caribbean banking? You you could just keep on closing the fist, and you'll never have any. Oh, on the drug dealers. Yeah, uh, I see. So yes, if they completely launder their money, they launder their money down in the Caribbean, and we gotta tighten, (laughs) make them tighten up on their banking regulations. Just a few more laws, and that'll put all those dealers out of business, right? And then, 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 then our roads will be safer. (laughs) Like hello, you know, you, you get these morons, and you know, I mean, don't don't worry about. You know, trying to reason with them. They they will eventually, if they won't listen, then they will be taught a lesson. And the problem is, then, uh, I mean, that uh, leaves people without a police department. And uh, you know who you're going to call when somebody's selling souvenirs without a license. Yeah, what you're describing is a really unusual situation. I thank you, Tom, for the call tonight. What you're describing with the the cops being assassinated in this case. It's an inevitable situation, though. That's what he's pointing out. As the crackdown continues? The fact fact is, as the drug war continues, look, it's coming across the border. There's too much money here to be made. Well, that's what I wanted to point out is, really, what's unusual about what happened in that town is that that's really a drug war. Everywhere else, it's just a, mm, you scratch our back, we scratch yours, uh, we'll throw you a couple of dealers now and then, and right. you stay away the, from our, the cops our business. Got, the cops that got killed, the higher-ups, likely were on some other drug dealer's payroll. And yeah, they crossed somebody, or somebody got a, you know, a double-dealed, or whatever. Who knows what happened behind the scenes? But the reality of the so-called drug war is there really isn't much of a war for most of North America. The they're, you know, low-level dealers that get popped because they were drove through a red light or speeding and the cops happened to search the car and they happened to find some drugs and they took them into jail. But the upper-level guys, you don't hear stories about them getting busted very often. Very rare. Even though the cops do their best to move up the chain. I mean, if they pop you and you're a lower-level lower dealer, they're going to try to get you to roll over on the bigger guys. But once you go up uh, to to a high enough level, nobody rolls over on anybody else because, well, they understand what might happen to them if, if they do. And their families. And there's, again, that interplay between the uh, the enforcers and the dealers where the enforcers know where their bread is buttered. They understand that if it weren't for the drug dealers going out there doing their thing, if it weren't for the, uh, the, the drug addicts out there buying the drugs, then they wouldn't have a vice squad. They I, wouldn't have the ability to uh, to line their pockets with all kinds of money that they they take from people when they when they pull them over that they steal from people they they know exactly maybe, where their bread is maybe buttered. the brass maybe but when you're talking about the frontline guy the guy out there that's uh, you know gonna bust people the cop he's he, that's not what he's thinking he's thinking if I, the biggest fish I can get the better it is for my career the detectives those guys yeah but a no lot way. of cops know it too they as certainly they're, I remember there was something we they read they may from know a it but they're still gonna go after those big fish because it benefits them however they they just don't get there no, they don't get there, and if they were to get too close, they would learn otherwise. They would learn exactly what the consequences were of doing something like that. So again, they all exist because they, they're doing what they're doing, because of the laws, because of these prohibitions. The drug dealers can make billions of dollars, and the bureaucrats can make billions of dollars, and everybody else 
the 1.5 million Americans that were arrested last year for mostly drug possession alone, everybody else gets caught in the crossfire. So the dealers and the bureaucrats are essentially getting rich off the backs of those 1.5 million people that suffer as a result of it. And so they know that they need each other. They know no no drug dealer worth his salt wants to support legalization. It would drastically cut his profits. And no cop, no administrative uh, cop or politician wants to end the war on drugs because it would cut their budget. That's the reality of the situation. So there really isn't a drug war per se. If there were a drug war, cops would be dying left and right. They would be losing the drug war because the reality is... They don't know who their enemy is. They don't know. They don't wear uniforms. Right. And if they were coming close to finding out, they would find that their life would be ended or they would be given the opportunity to back away quietly, quietly back off and just take this, you know, $20,000 a year payment to let us do our business here. You can send your kid to college. We can do our business. Everybody lives happily ever after. If there was an actual war going on, you'd hear more stories like what Tom was talking about from down south where there's actual bullets flying into cops so they should feel good that there really isn't a war on drugs 800-259-9231 because let me tell you if there was a war on drugs it what would happen would be what tom was describing that would be the cops would just all of a sudden decide they didn't really want to be cops that bad anymore because it's just not worth dying over a joint more on the way you can bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231 we'll tell you about the war on lead here in a little bit This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of different ways for you to help us get this show into more ears around the world, thereby exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. In fact, one good way that you can do that right now is by going to vote.freetalklive.com. It is a new month, and that means that the voting totals over at Podcast Alley have reset. And Podcast Alley is one of the most popular podcast like what do you call it, a podcast directory slash info website. They'll tell you how to start your own, and they'll tell you about all the existing ones out there. So they have this top ten list that they they do every single month. It's basically a, a popularity contest, and we like to be number one, and we're consistently. We've been number one a long time there, and yep. uh, it's it's nice to be able to tell advertisers, look, number one for a year at podcastalley.com, and currently we're not. So... Because we we dropped uh, out for well currently oh it's, we're not currently number one yet oh no my not, well it's the second day of the month oh it's reset right. so it's it's you know it's it's really tight generally with our good friends at Red Bar Radio um, in the early portion of the month our friendly competition yeah uh, we still win every time so, but we can only win with your assistance and so we need you to go to vote.freetalklive.com because being number one on the podcast alley top ten really just means more people finding the show. And maybe you found the show through something like Podcast Alley. It's a good thing to, to help us out with. It, it's it, very effective. It takes less than a minute. Just go to vote.freetalklive.com. All you need is an email address, and it's only used for verification purposes to make sure you're not a robot or something like that, some sort of script that someone wrote. Uh, so make sure you're real. Just go to vote.freetalklive.com, and it's very fast. It makes a big difference for us. 
As we continue here, we will uh, come back here shortly to the discussion that we started at the beginning of the hour about the lead situation, which is resulting in some major business changes in, in a very negative fashion in this country. We'll give you some details on that, but first we continue with your phone calls and talk to... No, we aren't going to talk to Clarence because he dropped off. So that means we will talk about the lead thing right now. And there's more detail coming out of the Valley News at myvalleynews.com. The... Hour was started, Mark, with you reading a blog post from somebody who is in business, and there are a few other people that are in the mini bike or mini cycle slash mini ATV business that are essentially possibly going to be put out of business by this new federal legislation. We needed to have our kids safe. Not only does it mandate that all toys and all products marketed to people, uh, little people under the age of 12, must be tested. Or marketed to the parents of those people. If they're intended to be used by people under the age of 12, then they must be tested for lead. And so, but apparently that's not all it does. Apparently not only are they testing these products for lead, they're also mandating that products that have lead in them can no longer be used by people under the age of 12. Can you imagine lead in motorcycle parts? And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, The details are coming again from the Valley News, where a federal prohibition on the sales of new and used mini dirt bikes has impacted every OEM dealership and repair facility, OEM being original equipment manufacturer, for 85cc, 70cc, 65, and 50cc displacement mini bikes. This targets an entire industry of age 12 and under motorized uh, recreationalists that accounts for a conservative number of 50,000 young adults, or young athletes as they call them, nationwide. The Consumer Product Safety Commission introduced a broad sweeping stay with the February 10th release of the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act of 2008, which impacts a large spectrum of the economy and not just mini bikes. The intent of the act is to protect children from ingesting lead or dangerous product designs that can cause harm from everyday consumer goods like cribs, window blinds, bicycles, and common toys. Because you see a lot of uh, 12-year-old boys eating motorcycle parts. In the CPSIA language, certain parts of the mini bike may contain lead and so, or in excess of a certain amount. And specifically, they, uh, they give you what those things are, like valve stems, spark plugs, and rarely applied battery terminals. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> yeah, because... Kids just love to chew on those spark plugs. Many dealers reported having only a 10-day notice from their OEMs to pull all of the 19 listed minibike and miniquad models off their showroom floors. In a blanket statement to their contracted dealers, they said, do not sell. The notice included all replacement parts necessary for maintenance and repair that applies as a catalog component application for each minibike model. No exceptions. Zero sales. To put that into writing for basic public understanding, frequently worn and replaced parts such as tires, tubes, grips, levers, gaskets, brake pads, chain springs, cables, fork seals, and body plastic are just the top of the heap of every conceivable component banned for distribution or sale. It even includes safety gear and aftermarket accessories designed for specific models. According to local dealers like R.J. Savage, the owner of All-American KTM, he says, Two weeks ago, my OEM sent me a very gray document. I believe the OEMs were not even aware this was coming down the pipe. Until likely their lawyers decided to fill them in. Savage sighed at 
said all two-wheeled 85cc and below mini bikes and the 90cc Polaris four-wheeled quads must be pulled from the showroom floor. Now, the Polaris have to await a sticker kit to be delivered to put on the little machines, stating that only kids 13 years or older can legally ride the 90cc quads. Then they can go back out on the sales floor. So that's the 90ccs. And but the other ones, they're right, done the 85ccs and down, they're you know, gone. You know, uh, um, it, yeah, it makes it very difficult. I don't know if I'd want to put my 13-year-old on a uh, 90cc motorcycle. I think I'd l- rather start them out on something smaller. But this is essentially outlawing motorcycle. This is outlawing motorcycle riding for kids under the age of 13, whether it's in pastures or uh, you know dirt bike tracks or any of that. And it's crazy. I mean, b- people... Do this as a hobby. They love yeah. it. And, I, and some people do it as a business, and they make their living off of it. And that's really, the instruct, uh, that's really the instructive part of all of this that we're discussing here, is to show you how it is that people with good intentions, keeping kids safe, there's a good, in, good intentions there, people with good intentions when they have power over the lives of others through the government, because government is force, will wield that power without any regard for the consequences. They are not concerned for what is going to happen to this this man and his family, R.J. Savage and his family that nope. run this business. They're not concerned with what's going to happen to the people that run the dirt tracks. They're not concerned that's, with what's going to happen to the families that enjoy this as a sport. They're not concerned about any of that. They're concerned with you living your life the way they say you should live it. And if you don't... Well, then there's a nice cold jail cell waiting for you, because if you were to continue selling these bikes and the federal government were to get wind of it, they're going to send people down there who will have guns and they will tell you to stop. But if you insist on continuing to sell your mini bikes or mini cycles or mini ATVs, someone with, those gu- uh, with one of those guns is going to point one of them at you eventually and force you to stop. And if you decide you want to keep trying to sell the bikes and that you don't appreciate men with guns coming into your store and telling you what to do and you decide to try to shoot back, you probably can enumerate the rest of your hours. You're probably not going to last very long because not long at all. you kill a cop or you kill one of the government enforcers and then they all come after you. All of this over many ATVs. Of course, no one will go that far. No one would, would ever push it that far. They don't want to lose their family. They cer- certainly don't want to lose their life over their business. But they're dying on the inside. If they got into the business of selling mini cycles and mini ATVs because they loved it, because this was something they enjoyed doing maybe when they were younger and they wanted to help spread this sport to other people and help them enjoy it and provide them with you know the, the necessary equipment, this is their life's calling, this is what they wanted to do, you've just destroyed that because of your good intentions. You know, what we really need to come to is a realization that if we want people to do as we want them or to do as we wish for them, that we have to learn how to persuade. That if it's so dangerous to have ATVs and lead in the tailpipes and things like that, and that's some sort of risk to the consumer or some sort of risk to the children, put the information out there. 
let them know what the realities are of driving minicycles at age eight. Let them know how dangerous of a situation this is. Clearly, the 50,000 people that participate in this, or the 50,000 young people that participate in this sport, aren't too concerned, nor are their parents. You know, there's but a let good them e- be persuaded instead of threatened. I, you know, I was trying to think of a good example, and here's a really great example of how parents have been uh, persuaded to do the right thing for their kids as opposed to being mandated. Now, mandated, you can certainly look at car seats. Persuaded. How about um, the sudden infant death syndrome, the, the big scare that's gone on with that? And I don't know, I, I don't know much about this stuff. They, they haven't figured out too much as to what sudden inf- infant death syndrome is. That's but, why they don't last long after out of the womb? Yeah, not too long. But they've taught parents that babies are to sleep on their backs. It used to be, you know, they put babies to sleep on their stomachs. Mm-hmm. Well, now babies go to sleep on their backs. So that's the, all parents always do it that way. More on the way about how this is affecting people's lives and destroying them, 800-259-9231, all in the name of the children, of course. It's Free Talk Live. Hour two's coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to continue with your phone calls. We're going to come back to uh, more of the fallout, the damage from this crazy legislation that has been put into effect this month, the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act, resulting in all kinds of damage to businesses and families around the country. Uh, We're going to get back to that, but first we continue with your calls. Clarence is on the line in Oklahoma. Clarence, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi, guys. What's on your mind tonight, Clarence? I'm in Oklahoma City. I'll uh, tell you exactly where I am, because I'm not afraid of, uh, well, whoever might be uh, wondering about me. And uh, as a retired federal employee, I'll tell you, I can agree totally with everything you say. Wow. Uh, And particularly about the thing about the, the, you know. About I want to talk about the deal about the states tonight. My state, and I'm proud of my state, is just about, if they can get it passed through the Senate, they're going to tell the federal government, Well, I, I can't say the word on the radio, you know what I say, but it means that, that it ends with off. Tell, tell, tell them to go pound salt. Yes. <laughs> basically what they're going to do. Now, I've uh, we've actually discussed this recently. There are a handful of states that have some sort of nullification slash secession slash sovereignty legislation or resolution that they're looking at passing, and we understand that the Oklahoma state house has gone ahead and passed this they passed it it's, it's in the senate now I, uh, I i've sent my senator an email urging him to pass that but he's a republican he probably will uh, i think the democrats i don't know but they're in a minority now for the first time in oklahoma uh, yeah it's, it's a statehood I've heard that it's not written very strictly, that it's kind of loosely written, but nonetheless, anything to, anything toward that end is a step in the in the right direction and should be uh, should be applauded. I'm I'm not sure what all the details are there in Oklahoma. I'm not either. I haven't really read the bill. 
I should. I can get it. Probably, I can probably pull it up on the internet. But the thing is, uh, my uh, state representative is a Democrat. And he supported it. Of course, of course, that might make it suspect right there. But <laughs> uh, no, he's really, uh, you know. Well, I think it's I think it's fantastic, and I think the more that uh, that this sort of thing happens, the better. The more conversations will start amongst people about what it is that's going on out there and how things can be changed. And hopefully, you know, I look forward to the day, whenever it is, that we'll be saying congratulations to the first state government to actually withdraw itself from uh, from the union. Think that'll be a well, good day, yeah, and that's basically what I think it's going to come down to. It has to. Thank thank you, by the way. It's going to come down to the, to withdraw. And I'll say, keep your, you know. Yes, keep your hands off. This is the whole ideal. We want nothing more to do with you. created the federal government. It wasn't the other way around. Yep. Well, that's the way it's sort of turned around since then, and it's going to take some real courage for people to turn it back around. And I don't know if they have that courage, but I'm sure at some point somebody will stand up to them, whether it's Oklahoma or New Hampshire government uh, people. I don't know who it's going to be. Hopefully it'll be New Hampshire, because obviously I live there and we're rooting for I'll take anybody. But yeah, I look forward to congratulating whoever it is that does it first and then seeing others follow. Thank you, Clarence, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. We talked to Amy in South Carolina. Amy, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you? What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I just wanted to say that, first and foremost, um, I appreciate you guys um, bringing this on you know, to light. Uh, I, ju- I had always believed in, you know, quote-unquote conspiracy theories, but now I find that they're just all coincidences, right? I'm not sure what you're referring to. Go ahead with your thoughts. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I have emailed my... Uh, Governor Mark Sanford about declaring our sovereignty and um, I've noticed that I think there are maybe 11 or 14 states that have actually declared their state sovereignty. Yeah, I've heard as and, uh, I've heard as few as a handful and as many as 25, so I don't know what numbers to believe. But uh, yeah. they haven't de- from what I can tell, nothing has really been declared anywhere. There are a few oh. bills that are making their way through some state houses slowly, some more successfully than others, but I don't believe any of that anything has really ever come to fruition on it yet. Well, none of us none of them have a strong enough words for my partner and I, but you know, it's better than nothing. But I don't even think any of those bills have actually cleared through all of the state Bureaucracy, and I don't believe any declaration of anything has been declared. Right. Well, I definitely think that's the way to go, and um, I definitely think that South Carolina needs to jump on board with that. I was listening to another talk radio um, last night and heard our Lieutenant Governor Andre Bauer say um, when he was asked about that, the Sovereign Act, that, oh, you know, Nobody's going to listen to what those people in South Carolina. Do you really think they're going to listen to what South Carolinians have to say? When you say they, what do you mean by they? You mean the government, the federal government? I I believe so. He he did not specify who they was. Well, they would listen if those politicians had the courage to actually say, we've had enough, we're leaving. They'd be listening then. Uh, but I don't think you should – you know, it kind of bugs me when I hear people say our governor, my governor. Is he really your governor? Does he govern your life? Do you allow that to happen? 
Absolutely not. Okay. I just I just think people should be cautious about how they refer to these government people because these government people are the ones that want to rule over our lives. And even the ones at the state level, uh, while they may not appreciate what the federal government is doing, they are all very interested in extracting money from you even if they were to leave the federal government. Obviously, that would be a preferable situation. I'd rather have to deal with two gangs, and that is the local government and the state government, than to deal with three gangs extracting money from me. But these are not people that are necessarily interested in your best interests. They're interested in, well, power for power's sake. And that's what the reality is everywhere. And until that changes, we're still going to have problems, even even if the federal government is dissolved. Well, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> but um, uh, another point I wanted to make was sure. that... Um, in this movement, I've you know heard a lot about the Tea Party and all of that stuff, um, which is you know symbolic in itself. But you know, as conservatives and as a libertarian, um, those who believe in liberty and the pursuit of happiness, you know, and and. Yeah, I wouldn't I really, qualify most conservatives as anything having anything to do with believing in liberty. But go ahead with your thoughts. <laughs> well, um, it was the conservatives, know, by the way, and I'd like to point out that we were talking about this lead legislation. It was the conservatives that uh, you know pushed this through because it was during the Bush administration that it occurred, that it was passed. It's being enacted now, but it was passed back then. So just you know, a quick FYI that the conservatives aren't looking out for you either. Right, I, I understand that. The only person that, or the only thing that looked out for me is my Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and I know that we're supposed to be law-abiding citizens and respect our our, our um, leaders, but... Who are your leaders? Thing, <laughs> our government officials. Who says that you should respect them? The Bible. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you know, I... I, I don't really get that. Um, first off, it's uh, I believe in Romans the, uh, the the verse you're talking about where uh, you know power comes from God and all that nonsense. But um, you know Romans was written by Paul and Paul never saw Jesus and it really bothers me that uh, his books were included in the Bible. As a matter of fact, um, you say you're into conspiracy theories or were at one point, and I would say that that's one of the biggest conspiracies that has ever duped the public. What? Um, Be specific. Well, the the including of Paul in the New Testament. It was done at the, uh, I believe, the Council of Nicaea did it in uh, the second century, well after. I mean, try to imagine deciding whether or not Thomas Jefferson was a god. I mean, that's how long after it was. So I I believe that it, and it was done by committee. I think it was done for the purpose of control. Absolutely. Can you imagine how valuable that would be to government people and those who wish to control others to put something like that into this book that will be revered and, and worshipped by people, to put the idea well, into that, their heads? That, that's your opinion, and I respect that. And it's your opinion that you should respect government people. I'm sorry you have it. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. After all, some old book said she should do it. Hey, Paul's only witnesses are two people who worked for him. Now, I'm not saying there are, the Bible's all full of bad info, but it certainly got some of it. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you dial in and take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy them, including things like the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts are there with lots of topics, uh, serious issues to fun stuff. And I think there are a couple thousand people that are interacting there on the BBS. So enjoy it over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Before we continue with the phone calls, Mark, I just wanted to dig a little bit deeper into the discussion that we were we were talking about with Amy in South Carolina. And, and that was the idea that, you know, the Bible is this holy relic that is the exact... Word of God. Passed down from God to man, and uh, the blueprint, it's, it's the owner's manual for a human life, if you, as, you, uh, as you would believe. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to disparage anyone's religion here, and I'm not going to purport myself to be a Christian when I am not. I am not a Christian. But that doesn't mitigate the fact that I know a great deal about, uh, you know, the Bible and biblical history. I read, I've, you know, I've read mm-hmm. the thing three times through, at least. And it's probably I, more than most people. It certainly is. I mean, most people get what their preacher gives them on Sundays, and it's usually mm-hmm. just a, a you know a few verses, and they they go over the same ones over and over again every year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, there's only 52 weeks in a year, so they can rehash these things pretty often. And uh, you know, I'm not saying Christians are bad, and I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm not saying that everything in the Bible is bad. No. What I'm going to say here is that. Uh, Paul was included in the if, – if you believe that the, the Bible was handed down through these, uh, what, 46 guys who uh, wrote the 64 books or 62 books or whatever it is, um, if you believe that God handed it down to them, well, what you've got to understand is that it's not just the, hand, the writing of the, the, the book that would be inspired by providence. It would, be, in fact, be the editing of the book, and the editing took, took place – Several hundred, a couple hundred years after Jesus died, by people you can't name, you don't know who they mm-hmm. are. So you're going to just assume that God put them in place. Now I'm not saying that some of the scriptures in the Bible aren't holy. I don't know. I really don't. You know, whatever. Um, but you, I, and I'm not saying that people that believe the whole Bible is true are going to hell because I, simply because I don't believe that uh, Paul should be in the Bible. I think that all you really have to do, according to the Christian religion, to go to heaven is believe that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. And Paul being in there or not being in there wouldn't have anything to do with that. However, there, you know, an important verse that um, she mentioned in Romans uh, where it says that you have to obey your rulers. Well, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, render under Caesar, unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And my crap isn't Caesar's crap. So why did he die on that cross anyway in the first place? To forgive, uh, forgive us of our sins. Who put him up there? Romans. Why? Um, because the, the Jewish leaders told him to. Well, why didn't he just obey? I mean, if he'd ob- obeyed, they probably wouldn't have done those oh, things. Oh, well, if Jesus would have just done what the government told him to do? Yeah. It's kind of interesting, huh? Paul... Um, didn't, Paul went to prison for preaching the word of God, contrary to what the government said. So you can't. He take, should have obeyed. You can't take that verse out of uh, context. The fact is, you know, you you've got to stand up for everyone's rights by standing up to the government. 
Exactly. So, so I, I hope that clarified things without getting too deep into the you know, theological rehashing a theological discussion we we had last week. So it's not an attack on your religion if you believe what you believe. It's not an attack on that. It's just trying to get you to ask some questions about something right. you've something always taken preachers, for granted. Preachers are never going to tell you because they're, they're they're brainwashed into it too. This is sure. it's a very old religion. Who knows what Paul was thinking when he wrote that stuff? Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Also, Mark, who knows what the difference would be between what we can read in English and what the original version might have even said? And who knows who made what edits between now and when it was originally written? Who knows? We don't. It's not like we have originals of any of these right. things. So you're just taking people's word for it. We have some very old copies and in some s- cases. Taking people's word for it means you don't have to think. And isn't that kind of the? Isn't that kind of a curious part about religion? Uh, is that they they have this pre this prescribed list of things that you can and can't do with your life, and you're just supposed to accept it on the authority of the man behind the pulpit or mom and dad or whoever it is. And you, you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to internalize all of these things and then go ahead and do your best to live your life by all that. But but who's to say they were right in the first place? What if the premise was wrong? What if they are wrong? What if they're right on some things but wrong on others? Well, it's not like it's not like Jesus didn't study. Jesus was very well studied in uh, you know the scriptures and those kind of things. So and, and studying the scriptures doesn't just mean what they say, but where they came from. So Jesus wouldn't tell you you're not supposed to question where these scriptures came from, would he? I mean, really? Is yeah, that the religion that Christ handed down? Because it doesn't sound like it to me. What would Jesus say about people obeying the Nazis? What would he say about that? Oh, well, those are the Nazis, not our rulers. Well, the Catholics obeyed the Nazis. The Jehovah's Witnesses didn't. 1-800-259-9231. I think the point has been made. We continue with your phone calls and talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. Hey. I'm going to take this in a little bit of a different direction. Sure. It's Free Talk Live. You're certainly free to do that. Um, I was talking with my ex-wife this weekend when I went to uh, visit my kids. Mm-hmm. And she is a uh, sleep therapy technician. Okay. And they've been doing a lot of studies recently uh, with kids and um, sleep disorders. And she gave a lecture uh, along with a couple of other of her colleagues, to a, a big group of teachers in the area. They all came to this hotel, and they were sitting there, and they had a nice lunch and everything, about how sleep disorders are affecting children. And it turns out in these studies, 87% of the children that they studied who have been diagnosed with something like ADHD or ADD and were on drugs had sleep disorders. And of those 87%, when they were treated with, um, for like sleep apnea with CPAP machines, which is our machines that help you breathe while you're sleeping, or maybe they had to have their tonsils removed, or other minor operations or uh, things that could be treated with other drugs, 80% of these children that had, been, that had learning disabilities, had behavioral problems, 80% of them became A students. So wait, I'm sorry, when they got more sleep, when they got better sleep and they got off the drugs, was that what you were saying? I missed a point. Yes. Yes. 80% of them became That's amazing. Matt, do you think that... 
I know that uh, often they'll treat uh, people with, let's call them, uh, you know, the old term was hyperactive kids. They'll treat them with uh, stimulants. So are these stimulants are what are causing these kids to have uh, 80% of these kids to have, uh, you know, sleep disorders? Is that what's happening? Well, it's, I, I don't think, I think that that could be with some of them, but I think with, with all these kids, there's different reasons. Some of them have enlarged tonsils, and they have to have their tonsils taken out. When I was a kid, they took out people's tonsils almost all the time. Yeah, as a matter Nowadays, of course. They don't do that anymore, right? Yeah. Um, um, and, and there's other things. There's the restless leg syndrome and other stuff. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that because she told me something interesting about restless leg syndrome, too. I'm going to let Bye. you do that here in moments. Hang on that. We're going to come back with more of this discussion. Also, I remember when I was in high school. I don't know if it was this way for you, Mark, but they start really early. Did they start really early for you? I don't remember exactly what time it was. They but started, it was like they started doing that uh, about the time that I was in there, but I, I, I didn't really get affected by that so much. It was like 8.30. I think it was like 6.50, yeah. 7 a.m. Yeah. And, and it was a 40-minute drive to get to the high, or it was you know a half-an-hour drive to get to the to high save school. save money on school buses. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the updates, the live streams. Give it all away at freetalklive.com. Have the stories of civil disobedience here in New Hampshire touched, moved, and inspired you, but you're unable for whatever reason to be involved? Well, now you can. The Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org allows you to care for these brave men and women by financially supporting them while they face down the organizations that operate through violence and coercion. cdevolution.org. That's cdevolution.org. As we continue with your phone calls, we go back to Matt in Illinois. Now, Matt, you were telling us some interesting statistics about kids that were... Acting up in school with uh, problems, learning issues, uh, it turns out that they just weren't sleeping enough, right? Yes, basically. And when they get treated for it, 80% of them became A students. The other 20% improved. So all of them improved. And my wife and her colleagues were presenting this this research and, and to all these teachers, and they had these nice binders that they handed out to them with uh, questionnaires for students that they might be having problems with and their parents and everything else. And after all the talking was done, my ex was telling me she was listening to some of these teachers out in the audience, and these teachers started going, I don't know what this has to do with us. This has nothing to do with us. And they threw out these binders on their way out right in front of her. Wow. binders that she wore. Yeah. That's, That's why she was telling me this story. They didn't even care. And they didn't even no. They didn't even care enough to care whether whether other people knew that they cared or not. Mm, that's so here, amazing. Here's this research that shows you could help all these children that are having these problems in your classes just by finding out whether whether they snore at night, whether their parents can hear them stop breathing, and they don't even care. And they position themselves as people who do care about children, but it, what you're saying here is that the reality is a little bit different from what they might like you to imagine that it is. 
That's right. And if and if we had privately run schools, like you said, I'm sure it would be different because their paychecks would depend on it. But these people are sitting comfortably knowing that they have tenure and yep. they can't be fired. And so not only can they not be fired, but they can also collect a sweet, sweet pension when they retire. And all they care about is, uh, you know, just their little billowack, their little tiny part. Well, look, I just te- teach math to seventh graders. I, I, I don't have anything to do with the, their sleeping. What do I care? Now, come on. Now, let's be fa- let's be fair, though. There are some teachers out there that really do care about their kids. They really are out sure, there. Sure, and he's not talking about them. Right. And I want to make sure right. that we're clear on that. We're talking about the ones that are just completely cast. They're just in it for. I just the, can't imagine that happening to, in, in the private school that I went to. I just cannot mm-hmm. imagine those teachers having acted in that manner, because they wouldn't right. have had and, tenure. And these, uh, there was a few. I, I asked her, were there anybody? And she says, yeah, there was a few. She said mostly she got positive uh, feedback from the psychologists, from the school psychologist, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing she she told me this this was quite interesting about restless leg syndrome. Okay. There's a drug that they use to treat restless leg syndrome, and it turns out that one of the side effects, it's possible that this could happen to you if you get on this drug, is it makes you go out and gamble. That's bizarre. And some people have gambled their homes away while on this drug. They're taken off the drug, and their urge to gamble goes away. Wow. Wow, that's really weird. That I is weird. I can't say that's I've exactly ever heard about that. Said. Hey, yeah. thanks for the call, dude. We continue with your phone calls. Demetrius is on the line in New York. Demetrius, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I've been loving the religious discussion the last couple of weeks. Very good, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Like a moth to a flame. Here I come. You're off to what? (laughs) Like a moth to a flame. You're off to... Oh, like a moth to a flame. Got it. Yeah. So go ahead with your thoughts. All right. So in Christianity, you have... Free will, right? Supposedly. That's what they claim, I believe. I mean, they they also claim that God has a plan, and um, I, it, it's difficult for me to imagine how everything's all planned out, but I still have free will if I, it's already planned what I'm going to do. But okay. Yeah, he's got a plan. It's just not a very good plan. If, if you know. I don't know. So if I were to say you can have chicken or fish, but if you have the fish, you'll be sorry. Is that free will? I, <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say that would be free will. I suppose. Okay, so, but, you know, one of the options has a penalty. Okay. How is that free will? Well, you still get to choose. Oh, you still get to choose, but in a dictionary sense, right? In a dictionary, yeah, free will meaning the the ability to choose. So we don't really have a real choice, a free choice. It's just an option. Obey me or burn. Well, you're talking about the Christian religion, specifically. Not everyone believes such things. Yeah. Well, that's the problem is, um, you know, I think if everybody believed the choice that people would make that decision, um, you know, I, very few people want to end up in uh, in hell. It's it's the it, for me, it's the difficulty believing the choice. I just, you know, I, I just don't believe that that's so. So you don't think that 2,000-year-old book of desert scriplings is the inerrant word of God, Mark? I wish that it was uh, just 2,000 years old, but in fact it's like <laughs> 3,500 um, in some well, places. Well, it was compiled 
Yeah, uh, roughly 2,000 years ago. I, I I was reading a uh, message board recently where they were uh, they were discussing the first three words of the Bible, um, in in you know in the beginning God, and they couldn't you know because of the ending of the Elohim uh, word there, they couldn't decide whether it was God singular or goddess. Um, singular or goddesses plural so um, and it looks like it might actually have been goddesses in the beginning goddesses created mm. the heavens and the earth so I mean it's here you have people arguing over a pretty you know relevant uh, piece of information in the first three, three words. words and then they have mistranslated um, their Savior's name uh, throughout the years. Uh, Jesus isn't his name. It's uh, Yeshua. <laughs> and that really bothers me. I'm sorry. My name isn't going to be, if I travel down to Mexico, Marcos. I mean, people may call me that, but that's not my name. And if I go to uh, Japan, I'm not going to be, I don't know what the Japanese word for Mark is, but it's not going to be, you know, Marky Mark. Mark. <laughs> or whatever. So, uh, you know, that that really leaves me um, confused, and a fair and just God, I don't think, is going to send somebody to hell who's confused. So that's that's always been my contention. Yeah, I think the Christian God is a very vengeful, manipulative, sick kind of God, and I think it's really just more of a reflection of what uh, some men are actually like. They're manipulative, vengeful, and sick. So just, I think that it's not there, true. If That's... there really is an all-loving God out there, how on earth, why in the world would an all-loving God create such a ludicrous system? The idea that He's all-loving, but at the same time has created this system, like you were ta- like you were describing, wherein you do have two choices, but one choice will result in you burning for all eternity. Uh, it, it, it just well, doesn't even make sense. To be fair, there are some Christians that think, oh, you got it all wrong. It's not hellfire. It's just separation from God. Well, what what's separation from God? Are we connected to God right now and later we're going to be separated from him? Is like an, an umbilical cord to God right now? How could, okay, well, if God is, and I, I, I again, I, I, I kind of shy away from using the term God, because, again, it, it always brings up visions of this monotheistic Christian vengeful God. In my view, all that is is essentially God. I mean, that the universe is basically God, and you're never separated from that. So how could one ever be separated from the, the whole concept of God? I mean, why would God create something that would disappoint him in any t- way? I can tell you why man would create a religion where um, one was in fear of hellfire or separation from God or eternal death or whatever, because that way they control other people. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why God would create a system like that, but I can tell you why man would. Yeah, it's totally a man, obviously a man-created system. Any other thoughts, Just, Demetrius? Um, in the book of Romans, you've read Romans, right, but, right Mark? Yeah, I, I can't tell you. I've got it memorized, but okay. Yeah, me either. I'm going to paraphrase here, but uh, Paul poses a question, and he says uh, that um, you'll say to me that, you know, if God wants me to do this, I'm going to do this. So how can he blame me if I do this? Right? How is it really my choice? Not sure where you're going. Hang on. We'll, we'll come back here in a moment. 800-259-9231. More with Demetrius. Your calls as well. I think Gene is on the line with a, uh, a lesson from the Bible for us. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, you bring up what you want. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the show. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website. 
We give away all the features for free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you. We just ask for donations. If you want and you enjoy the show, you can become an amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you can contribute as little as 3 bucks a month to the show. You can get on board and get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. It's money that we can take in and reinvest and get more radio stations on board the program with. Just got a, a new affiliate agreement today from a new station that will be joining us sometime in April. Fantastic, and thanks to the amplifiers. But I, I, I really I hate it when you use the terminology don- donation. It is not not a donation because contribution it is not it's not that you it is a club that you join and get perks you cannot join the club without paying members a dues membership you can pay more for this these dues than you would like in the same way that most clubs are not for profits um you know in, in, in the real world obviously the amp isn't but it's essentially operates as one and you can give more money to the club if you wish it is not a donation Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, If they didn't get perks, would it be a donation then? Yes. Well, they didn't always have perks, did they? I don't know. When we first started the amplifier, I'm sure we. I, I don't know. We've added them. The fact is, right. they get. Um, you can't. You can't use the amplifier line unless you're an amplifier. You can't be on the yeah. amplifier section of the BBS without being an amplifier. You 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 don't get all kinds of perks without being an amplifier. It's a club. Well. Yeah, but not really. You're just stuck in your old way of thinking. You haven't uh, reconsidered it, and you just don't want to. Mm. You're wrong. Well, anyway, 800-259-9231. You can join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. You can consider whatever you want to consider it as long as you join. That's right. right. So we continue here, and we go back to Demetrius in New York. Demetrius, you were making a point. We ran out of time, so go ahead and and rehash that if you would. Hi, thanks. Uh, During the break, I actually found a verse. So this is Romans 9:18 to 20. And here's how it goes. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens who he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who resists his will? That's a good question, right? It's, it sounds like it. It sounds like God's uh, deciding who's going to go to heaven and who's going to, to hell, and, and um, uh, so therefore we're not responsible for it. Paul has a really good answer. Uh-huh. And let me tell you, when I first read this, I was really excited because this was a question that used to bother me when I was a Christian. I said, man, that's a great question. I can't wait to see what the answer is. Anyone know what the answer is? He's God. Oh, no way. No, <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> But who are you, oh man, to talk back to God? Pretty much, see? (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't see it as free will. And, uh, well, I'd like to hear what Gene has to say about it. You're saying you don't see the Christian view as it actually being free will. Right, there's... Because the Christians believe that God has predetermined everything? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Okay. We don't really have a choice. So I want to hear what Gene has to say about it. Thank you for the call tonight, Demetrius. 800-259-9231. We go to Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Gene, do you feel, before you go on, I'm sorry, do you feel like you're contributing as an amplifier or that you've joined a club? Uh, or both. both. How's that? Uh, see, there you how's go. That, how's that for a political answer? Hey, it doesn't have to be either or. You're right, and I'm sorry I even <laughs> asked the question that way. Both and. All right, go ahead. All right, um, Romans 13 is actually pretty simple to understand because it talks about the powers that be being ordained by God. So these powers, uh, if they are powers at all and not a fiction, then they will be ordained by God. So all you have to do is have them show you their ordination papers and uh, show the chain of command from God to uh, Obama or George Bush or whoever it is. So far I haven't been able to get anybody to show me 
the uh, uh, the delegation of authority from God to uh, any of these government officials. But come on, now, so therefore, that couldn't have been what Paul was trying to say. They swore on a Bible, didn't well, they? No, I believe it is what Paul was trying to say, because he was talking about powers that be being ordained by God. And so, therefore, he's obviously not talking about Caesar. He's obviously not talking about George Bush, because these guys are not ordained by God. And Paul spent his entire life fighting the authorities and running away from them and trying to avoid being arrested. Uh, I mean, there are stories of uh, where he was let down in a basket and, uh over a wall to get away to escape for these guys. Yep. Why is he escaping them if they're ordained by God? It so no you're sense. saying that the Christians that are citing that particular passage are missing the context in that it has to do specifically with some sort of leader that is anointed by God. Absolutely, and and it, Romans has to only be referring to leaders of the church over the over the flock. It can't possibly have anything at all to do with these fictions. How can you prove that they've been anointed? Yeah, how, how, did God, you... how did God go about anointing them? How did they get their ordination? But you see, but you see that the, with the leaders of the church, you can opt out and opt in as you want. You don't have to be a part of any given church. And if you don't think that those guys are ordained, then you don't have to be part of it. And that's uh, primarily why I don't uh, like if... If God uh, wrote this, religions. if God wrote this through the hand of Paul, which I don't believe is so because I don't believe Paul belongs in the Bible at all. But um, if 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 Paul if God did that, didn't he realize that, that was going to stumble ninety eight point seven two percent of the Christians that read it? And well, then why and, would he write it? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't believe that that God writes these things. I believe that men are inspired by their or their understanding of God to write. And in that way, you can see the hand of God in the writings. But that doesn't mean that everything, in my opinion, that's written down comes directly from the finger of God. That's why I, I have to pick and choose when I read these things, because I weigh everything according to my own How many Christians do that, Gene? Understanding. How many Christians every, do what you do? person... In, Actually, every person in the, on the entire planet does what I do, but they don't acknowledge it and they don't realize it. Everybody makes their decisions based on their own understanding of what's right and wrong. People that believe the Bible, they believe it because it's their understanding that it's right or wrong. If they didn't believe that, they wouldn't believe it, right? So ultimately, everyone decides for themselves what's right and what's wrong. That's Nobody true, but my is question is, Gene, how many Christians will decide for themselves that... The whole Bible is right, and anything else is wrong. Well, uh, I don't know of anybody specifically that under that takes everything the Bible says as fact. Because they're out there. I've they call a lot show. of them say that they um, they believe that the the Bible is the complete, the whole unerring word of God. They call this show. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. They say that. They do say that. Right. They don't act like it. I agree. They don't believe it either, because hmm. if you specifically pull them aside and point some things out in the Bible, they say, they'll say, well, no, no, that means this, and that means that, and this means that. So, no, they don't specifically believe every single thing exactly as it's written, because they all interpret it differently. So, yes, they believe their interpretation 100%, but right. they don't believe my interpretation 100%. You see right. what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely see where you're so, coming from. Okay, and then specifically that other guy wanted to know what I felt about what again? I forgot. About uh, <laughs> uh, predestination. When you get old, you forget these things. Oh, predestination. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't specifically believe in predestination, but I do believe that 
everyone will eventually decide that Jesus is the answer because he is the the provision for our sins, the sacrifice for our sins. And I believe that a lot of these people aren't going to make that decision until after they've passed from this planet. Because, you know, if you're if you're out in the desert and somebody gives you a glass of water or a glass of sand, you're going to, you know, 100% of the people that ever existed are going to take a glass of water. Right. You know, if you're if you're dying of thirst, there's not anybody who's going to take the glass of sand. So that's why I don't believe, you know, I believe that everybody eventually gets, finds the right route. So you're, so by that, uh, by that viewpoint, then you are not a Christian that believes in, in a hell? No, and I, no, he's I've, I've made that point. I've no, made okay. that point several times. I'm sorry yeah, if I don't, I don't remember. We've had a lot of conversations. Ian with a doesn't lot of know what a universalist is, Gene. So, no, I don't know what a universalist okay. is. What right. is? How do you? How does one define that? It means everybody goes to heaven. That, oh, okay, lovely. That means everybody is saved, basically. Very good, Gene. Thanks whether for, they whether yes. they know it or not, or acknowledge it or not. Sounds good to me. Thanks for the call tonight, All as right. always. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So I, I I learned something new tonight, Mark. You know how I go to the Unitarian Universalist, Universalist Church? Right. Are there other Universalist churches that there are not are, Unitarian? Th- there are. They, um, they, they combined at one point, and some churches decided not to combine. Mm-hmm. Unitarians believe that there is one God as opposed to uh, Trinity, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, that stuff. And you yeah. know how they pounded that into your head is that, you know, this is true, but don't worry about it. And, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of how it's presented to Christians. So most Christians don't have a real clear picture. They just believe in the Trinity, whatever that means. Yeah. And, um... Uh, but Unitarians believe there's one God, and so they don't, you know, you don't have that confusion with the Trinity. And uh, Universalists believe everybody goes to heaven, and they combine together. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. We continue on here. Uh, still to come, more discussion on how the government is completely ruining the careers of various different businessmen around the country and destroying all of the fun times that a lot of young people are well, they were having on their ATVs and their minicycles. We'll come back to that. Hour 3 is coming up. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231 as we launch here into hour number three of the program. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. We continue with your phone calls, and we talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on the air on Free Talk Live. Frank, you got to turn down whatever the hell that is. Let's turn that off. Frank, are you there? All right, put him back on hold. 800-259-9231. And so in the meantime, we will continue the discussion from earlier tonight. We started the show out, Mark, with a blog post from somebody who's in the mini-bike business, the mini-cycles, I guess they are called. And ATVs. And miniature ATVs, bikes and ATVs designed for children, young people, people under the age of 12 or 13. And as it turns out now, there's a new federal law that has been passed, or new regulations. I don't even know if it was an actual law. Maybe it was. Anyway, this uh, sort consumer... Of, it's sort of interpretations of a law that was passed, is my understanding. 
Correct. Federal interpretations of a law that was passed. Yep. The Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act is specifically what we're talking about here, and we're going to continue discussing how this is affecting people. Only really kind of scratched the surface. We know that these uh, the people that are that are dealing these products are having their lives turned upside down right now. I mean, this last couple weeks for them has been an amazing experience where a lot of them, completely out of the blue, received letters from their original equipment manufacturer saying, uh, hey, just want to let you know you've got 10 days and you're going to have to pull all of these products from your shelves. You can no longer sell various different uh, anything that has to do with these miniature cycles and miniature ATVs. Not only the actual machines themselves, but replacement parts and even safety gear. They're prohibited from being sold. Now, some of the products will be allowed back onto the marketplace once they've been labeled with stickers that say that they are not intended for sale or use from anyone under the age of 13. So some products will be allowed to continue to be sold, but if you are spotted actually using them... If you try to go to a dirt track, for instance, and you've got your 10-year-old son and he wants to go speed around on his little mini-cycle that you bought for him, that's apparently going to be a crime, too. So the actual use of these products, even the existing products that are in the marketplace that have already been sold, are now a prohibited, it's actual prohibited action to utilize them. So many of the dirt tracks are basically pulling back and saying, well, we're yeah. just not going to have to, we just can't allow kids here anymore. Which is their, the bulk of their business, the yeah. kids and their families. So I want to talk a little bit more about what's happening to some of these dealers here. Uh, again, one of these men from uh, the, the stories from MyValleyNews.com, RJ, RJ Savage, the owner of one of the shops in uh, wherever the hell this is, says that they had been sent a notice to pull all of the safety gear in addition to the actual hardware. He's had to pull helmets, boots, goggles, gloves, pants, and knee guards off of their showroom floor. He says, yeah, that's really looking out for children's safety because all that gear has to be tested for lead, too. We're a small boutique dealer. Over 400 families nationwide race out of this store. No more donations in helping out the Risk Safety Foundation or the volunteer education, outreach, and community fundraising efforts or of the fire, or rather, the fundraising efforts of the Fire Police MX team that we support. They just can't do that stuff anymore all the various different community efforts they've been engaged in. You pull their business from them, they can't support those efforts. He says, the problem is my business is down 70% year-to-date over this time last year. Now the federal government is taking away an additional 40% of my revenue that's directly mini-market related. He says, I'm done. The MX industry is getting completely disassembled. I have $200,000 in inventory that I can't sell, and I'm paying interest on $180,000 of that, meaning he took out a loan to buy that inventory. It's what it sounds like to me. Either that or they you know, sold it to him on uh, terms of some sort. Right, and now what do you do with it? You've been told you can't sell it anymore. It's going to be a federal crime to sell the inventory that you stocked up hoping you could sell in 2009. I'd just keep it open, keep the store open and sell it. And risk a jail sentence? Ah, they won't give you a jail sentence. They'll try to shut you down, but at least you'll have sold some stuff by then. That's a good point. Unfortunately, Mark, most people aren't as disobedient as you are willing to be. 
Tanny goes on. He says, "I'm no, I know I'm the, not the only one. This is a national travesty. The burden Sell of layoffs. Online. You'll be safer. The burden of layoffs is next." Jeremy Howe, the sales manager of Callaway Motorsports in Riverside, received his first do not sell notice from one of the OEMs three weeks ago, saying that at this time it seems nothing is being done. The CPSC don't want to seem to correct the problem. Well, that's because to the CPSC, the government bureaucracy enforcing this, there is no problem. To them, they're just doing their jobs. Right. Their lives aren't being ruined by this tyrannical bit of nonsense. No, their bureaucracy is probably going to expand because now they're going to need some more investigators and some more uh, processors and various other bureaucrats to continue running this awful idea of a program. They're being counterproductive to what they're trying to do, he says. They seem so destined to get our youth off of... Our youth off of off-highway vehicles, it's insane. It's un-American. I understand. Now, listen to this part. I understand the intent. This is one of the business owners. The intent to protect children from lead poisoning grossly painted on general consumer products, that's fine. I'm all for that protection where it's been an issue by acceptable definition and public concern. But to paralyze an industry where there's never been an issue, what the heck? Well, Allow me to explain. Because of your attitude, sir, you who had just said that, oh, well, I understand all of these regulations on those other businesses, that's fine. Our business hasn't had problems, so therefore there's no need for regulation. Leave us alone. Right. Until... You are prepared to stand up for those other businesses. Screw you and your 180 grand, pal. That's how I feel. Yep. You know, I just, I got no sympathy for uh, somebody who, you know, doesn't take the time to look into how this can destroy someone else's business. He's only concerned about his industry. Well, I can't. You say you have no sympathy, but I can empathize with the situation because we've all probably been there at one point, Mark. I mean, we've I all I can empathize. I understand. Like, right. I don't care if some as much, nearly as much if somebody else gets shot as if somebody in my family gets shot. But, you know, when he stands out there and says, don't shoot my family, shoot somebody else's yeah. family, though, then I got no sympathy for him. Right. Sorry. <sighs> Yeah, you know, take a little before you open your trap. <laughs> take a little time to think about it. So this is a big problem. This this mentality I'll that people have. I'll immediately forgive him as soon as he changes his mind and starts um, starts to defend everyone against this tyrannical crime. But you know, until then, yeah, I got nothing for him. Well, yeah, I, I guess I'm pretty much with you on that, Mark. But it's just a frustration because it's all over the place. This attitude is everywhere, and that's why I say you and I are probably guilty of having it at some point in the past. It, it reminds me of the time when I had dinner with my parents, and the, there were uh, a couple of other members of my family. My aunt and uncle, who live in Illinois, very close to the Chicago region, actually right outside of Chicago. And this was during the time at which they had passed the foie gras ban. And we discussed this extensively on Free Talk Live. Again, I've never even eaten foie gras. I believe it's goose liver. So I barely even understand what foie gras is. But one thing I understand is that if I wish to be free, and I do, then I have to allow others to also be free. And it seems like most people just don't get that. Most people, they don't give a flip. How many ways to sunset you infringe upon other people's freedoms? And it was perfectly, it was personified perfectly by my aunt and uncle. When this issue came up at dinner, we were talking about this, about the foie gras ban in Chicago. And since they lived nearby, I was curious as to what they thought about it. Well, we don't eat foie gras. Okay. So you're not concerned with the freedom of others 
to choose for themselves what it is that they put in their bellies. You're not concerned with that at all. Nope. We don't eat foie gras. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing the, uh, right. the conversation this, here, but right. that was well, the you're that just was stupefied. The gist. Once they said that, that I don't the, care. <laughs> right. That was the gist of the conversation: is we don't eat it, so it doesn't affect us. So therefore, it's no big deal. You need to step outside of the box and see the bigger picture. Anytime somebody else's freedom is infringed upon, it does affect you long term because it creates this mentality that oh well, freedom infringement here and there is okay. It's okay. Here here and there, and, and then long it becomes, as it's not me. And then it becomes a hundred thousand. As long as it's not me. Right. Then it becomes a hundred thousand here's and there's where freedom is being infringed upon. And eventually, it will come around to you. These guys in this uh, ATV industry, they didn't think it was going to hit them. But here it is. Now it's your turn, guys. More on the way. 800-259-9231. What will it take for you to stand up in defense of others' freedoms? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give away all the features, including the updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on that list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI and the principal over there, uh, Jason Osborne are the biggest sponsors of Free Talk Live. They love liberty and uh, they're good folks. So if you could, you got a business, turn over the accounts receivable to SACL CAI. I trust with my business, SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. All right, so a little bit more here on this mini bike ban. They are completely, the government people are completely destroying an industry. And as we see so many times... The people in the industry are completely blindsided by this. Well, well, wait a minute. There's no safety problem with our industry. Everything has been fine. And now this? Well, it's all right if you, if you go after the, the, uh, the people that are making strollers. And it's all right if you go after the, the baby rattle makers and the, the wood toy block manufacturers. That's all fine. I mean, there's a real, there are some safety issues over there. You should regulate them. But leave us alone. Just let us do our business. And it's just such a common viewpoint. And you know, Mark, they do say that people get the government they deserve, don't they? They say that a lot. Uh, I don't feel like I'm getting the government that I deserve, but I think that's going to change over time. Uh, because right now, most people think the way these people do. They only are concerned about their own little world, and they only take action when someone threatens to infringe upon their own little world. They are not concerned for what's going on down the street, and they're not concerned for the infringements upon freedom that are happening somewhere else in the the, the very own town that they live in. It's like we were talking about earlier with the, one of the city councilors here in the the Keene re, the Keen area of New Hampshire, saying she just likes to go along to get along. Everything's fine in her world. Everything's fine. She gets to go and she gets to to run her. Uh, she's a she manages a couple of uh, business complexes in town. So yeah. she's just going about her uh, happy little life, managing the business complexes, and everything's fine. She's collecting her rent, fixing the occasional problems as they come up. Nothing has threatened to uh, to destroy her job. So everything's cool. She did uh, mention that she was well aware that her, some of her kids might have engaged in marijuana consuming at some point. Perhaps they still do. I don't know about that. But since none of them have been arrested, then 
doesn't everything's fine. Doesn't matter to her that other people's kids have been arrested. It doesn't matter that all of the lives that are being destroyed within a, a system that she even has some control over. None of this matters to her because it doesn't affect her. Or at least that's her perception. But I say it does. All of this affects all of us. Every regulation that is put down upon any industry affects everybody because costs increase as a result of that, and it it throws off the economy. And every person that's put into a jail cell, even if you've never met them before, also affects the economy. You're taking a productive individual out of the workplace, somebody who likely has a job. Most drug users are responsible drug users. They've got jobs. You're taking those people out of the workplace. You're putting them in a prison cell. You're affecting the economy. You're making it so that the taxpayers have to pay more to put that person in prison, whereas that guy was supporting himself and he was working at a, you know, in a productive uh, Now career. we're all supporting him. Right. So, so to say that none of this affects you is completely ignorant. Just because the status quo might be comfortable for you in that you've, you know, you got your job and you've got your television, you've got your beer, and you've got, you know, all these wonderful uh, accoutrements of life. Just because that might all be true for you doesn't mean you aren't being affected. And it doesn't mean that you won't be next, as the people in the mini ATV, the mini, um, the mini cycle business have now discovered in the hard way, unfortunately. There's a little bit more here from the story at myvalleynews.com talking about uh, the, the retailers that have had to pull products off of their shelves, in many cases leaving them in hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. One of the other shop owners, Gus Yatsadas, was calmly hopeful. He said, I'm optimistic that this will heal itself. With the unintended consequences forced on the industry, I'm sure our industry leaders can help repair this matter. At our retail level, we can't do anything. The OEMs are strapped by the government, uh, by the government commission, and so are we. Forty percent of our business comes from the families supporting the minibike kids industry. I now have $100,000 in inventory and storage that we're paying interest on. Not good. So the defeatist mentality is also something that we really need to work on. Not only the, the, the issue of, as we were discussing, being concerned for the freedoms of others. I think that's an important thing. Mm-hmm. But also the defeatist mentality. The idea that, well, there's nothing we can do. Hopefully it'll all shake out in the long run. We'll write up some petitions and tell them that we're really angry about this. Hey, you you're supposed to be my representative. Why aren't you represent Why aren't you representing me? I'm really upset. That's about all they're going to do, right? They're going to contact their so-called representatives and their so-called leaders. And they're going to beg. They're going to contact the CPSC. They're going to have a, a big campaign. Talks about later in the article how there's a, a, an industry, uh, like a convention going on where they've got computers set up where you can go and you can type out a message to the CPSC and let them know what you think. Give them a piece of your mind. Well, Ian, it's, I understand where you're coming from on this, that, that enough people got together that they could stand up to them. However, that's not really the way things work. I mean, just because I stand up to the government doesn't mean I can expect anyone else to stand up with me. I might just be the guy that they stand on the wall and shoot. And that's not where people want to be. I understand that, but these until guys, they get the... These guys are dangerous. They have guns. Sure. They'll use them. I'm with you, Mark. I understand the concerns, and I understand the fear. But until people defeat the fear, the government people will never stop. 
I don't believe they'll ever stop until people get over their fear of being that man on the wall, of, me, of being the first one to be plucked off. To some extent, um, it's so. But they're not going to defeat that fear. You just don't see a lot of people who aren't hungry. I mean, by hungry, yeah. I mean lacking food. You don't see them rioting. You just don't see much of these guys are hundred thousand dollars in debt and they're not rioting. But they've got food. Yeah. Just I mean, your credit's easy or was recently in the United States. They've got a house. They're eating. They've got cars. They're putting gas in them. You know, this isn't even one of those situations, though, Mark, where it's just one business owner that's being targeted to the benefit of the others. Everybody who's in this mini-cycle industry is, is being hurt by this. So you'd think they could get together with one another and come up with something a little more powerful than let's beg something. I don't know what it would be. I'm not in that industry. I, you know, like you suggested earlier, keep selling the stock. If your business is going to be put out of business one of the anyway. Problems, one of the problems with that is is that people don't have mini-cycle stores. They have oh, motorcycle yeah, stores. And it's a portion of their business. And it's a portion of their business. Now, yep. what I would recommend, in fact, they do is that they you know, start an online business mm-hmm. and take their, tell their customers, this is where you can go to get the stuff. And then you know, sort of do this surreptitious business out of, say, a, uh, a storage unit across town. You put all your stuff in there. You, you t- take pictures and you sell it or sell it on, I don't know if eBay is going to work. because that's, They might yeah, reject yeah, you. They'll, they'll reject it. But make an online store. Do it that way. And sell it surreptitiously. You know, put, the, put the store overseas so the government can't come after it and you know, do your thing. I understand that, Mark, and I'm all in favor of agorism and and working in the underground economy, but I think it'd be better if they got together and had a blowout clearance sale all together or something like that on the same weekend when it was illegal to do so and just flip their, their nose at these government people. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, and even a webcam all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, now now with instructions as to how you can listen live to our streams on your smartphone or internet-enabled mobile device. All of that is at listen.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls. Let's talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. We're going to try you again. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back, How are you, sir. Yeah, you know, it's kind of sad. I'm going back down memory lane, and in the late 60s, early 70s, all the kids in 7th and 8th grade, you know, had their mini bikes and would, you know, drive around the neighborhood illegally without licenses because they couldn't be licensed. And, you know, the cops would be occasionally driving around trying to stop them. And, you know, uh, yeah, it's part of the American experience, even the Jackson 5 had mini bikes in Beverly Hills, you know, and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of tragic. Considering, too, that <clears throat> most people that had mini bikes and that didn't get killed on them uh, as kids or severely injured ended up, you know, being successful and buying motorcycles later in life mm-hmm. and stuff. And, I mean, it was always like a rite of passage. And I can't believe in New Hampshire, 
where mini bikes and sort of uh, snowmobiles and all of that expensive recreational vehicle personal stuff for kids, uh, you know, is such important, such an important part of the culture uh, that you know they would be shutting down such a viable industry. And, well, this is uh, nationwide, in case that wasn't made clear. I know oh, you mentioned nationwide. nationwide. This is nationwide. Well, you know, that's even more sad because it's going to yeah. deprive people of those wonderful experiences. And let's face it. We all know they're dangerous. That was really the fun of them. Well, one you know, of the business and, owners pointed out that he was concerned. Well, we didn't get to this part of the article. It's a very lengthy article. But one of the, in one of the points, he says that he's really concerned. I mean, as far as safety is concerned, what about those parents that are going to be so upset about this that they're going to go out and buy a 150cc engine device and put their kid on that? Absolutely. I mean, let's face it. You know, this is part of the righthood. What is it? The passage from childhood into adolescence and adulthood, and I mean, it's part of the American experience to deprive the kids of their mini bikes and their snowmobiles is un-American. And you know what? If, if the mini bike manufacturers and the snowmobile people put their money into the political action committee and gave a couple hundred thousand to a few senators and congressmen, they'd be given incentives for people to buy mini bikes and things. Let's face it, America is true. And the, if you don't have the money to pay to play, you don't get to play, and you get screwed. That's the American way. And I you're probably right about everyone. that. If the mini bike manufacturers had had better lobbyists in DC, and yep, you're probably right. Absolutely. Thanks, Bye-bye. Frank, for the call, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So we looked at this situation off and on throughout the night, and I mentioned earlier that this particular piece of legislation was brought out during. 2008. It's the 2008 Computer, uh, Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act. And I want to just remind people out there that might be listening to the siren song of those so-called conservative Republicans that are out there real talking hard against the Barack Obama administration and the socialism in America. Uh, they're make, making uh, making waves out there with the conservatives, making them sound like they're you know making themselves sound like they're actually in favor of smaller government. Just want to throw a warning out there to those of you who might be suckered in by that siren song again, because it, it's the same thing that happens every time. The Democrats yep, are in control. Nonsense. The Republicans start talking about small government again, so the Americans believe them. They reelect the Republicans. The Republicans prove they're not interested whatsoever in small government, and the cycle continues on and on. So I just want to throw out this reminder here that this all happened during Republican control in Washington, D.C. In, in addition to that, Let's take a look. Since we're talking about the Republicans and what they're you know, so upset about now with Barack Obama, now all of a sudden the Republicans are finding their roots. They're back to liberty again. Yep. Well, what are they doing? Somebody mentioned this Tea Party earlier in the show tonight. Have you heard about this, Mark? The tea parties that are supposed yeah, to go on all, all around the country? In Washington, D.C. and Chicago and that kind of thing. I've been uh, all introduced over the to them. Yeah, all over the place. And it was all as a result of something that a, a pundit said on, I think it was CNBC. It was one of the guys on the floor at the you know, Wall Street where they've got the cameras in the the trading floor, and there's mm-hmm. some guy shouting in the camera, and he was talking about how they're you know, they're talking about the Obama bailout of the, the the mortgages, basically, and showing how upset he was, and he called for a tea party, and apparently that blew up into actual so-called tea parties. So what happened? 
at these tea parties because they apparently went down over a the... lot of Republican talking about Republican stuff. Well, here's a story from the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Critics of President Barack Obama's stimulus plan gathered beneath the arch Friday to cheer speeches over a bullhorn and toss tea into the Mississippi River. A few conservative activists organized and promoted the rally with help from talk radio hosts. Pleased with the turnout and 35-degree bluster, leaders said they had stolen a page from liberal tradition by taking to the streets with homemade signs. Bill Hennessy of Baldwin, the lead organizer, said, If I'd known this many people would show up, I'd have charged admission. We'll do this every chance we get until Congress repeals the pork or we retire them from public life. Uh, Hennessy estimated that more than a thousand people showed up. There was no official count, but the crowd spilled across roughly one-fourth of the grand staircase from the arch to some boulevard nearby. Former state senator was there speaking and said that we conservatives are usually pretty pathetic at making crowds, but this one's good. Now... There's more to the story, obviously, but just to give you some idea here, essentially what they did was they had tea, little bags of tea, and they poured it into the water there in St. Louis and, again, all around the country. And Bags of tea that they poured into water? What? There's Is a it... picture of a girl with a, with a bag, like a little plastic baggie, pouring tea into the water. So it's, it's liquid tea? Uh, no, I believe it's... I, I don't believe tea that's leaves. liquid. Crushed tea yeah, I think it's the Yeah, it's the... The okay. actual product that turns into tea when you add water to it. Okay. I, it, it, it is not a tea bag. No, not a tea bag that I can I would tell call that least. littering. Right, right. No, they I wouldn't did not call crushed tea leaves littering, but I would call uh, tea leaves in a bag littering. So look at these Republicans with their little activist training wheels on. Isn't this cute? They're going out pretending like they're doing something. Now, look, I'm all in favor of it. Everybody has to start somewhere, right? Everybody has to start on the path to a greater understanding at some point. We've all been there. We've all been ignorant. I disagree with what Tom said earlier, calling people stupid. I think most people are just ignorant about the reality of the situation that we're in. And the reality here that they are ignorant of is that this Tea Party nonsense, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. Like you said, Mark, they have a bunch of Republicans come out and speak and speechify and get the Republicans, uh, get the current Republicans, which is the people that show up to something like this, all riled up and, all right, we're going to show them next election season. Just give us a couple more years here and uh, we're going to get our, our people in and they're going to make this country work right because they sure made it work right in the eight years that George W. Bush was in charge. Oh, wait, no, George Bush drastically increased the size and the scope and the, the intensity of the federal government, the, the expense. He, he drastically increased that, far greater than Bill Clinton did in the, ni- in the 1990s. So they're being snookered again, Mark. It's happening all over again. I, I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of hope for... You know, it, it's going to take a certain level of synergy, Ian. I just don't. I don't have much hope. This is why I'm a secessionist. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do anything on a national scale because the people that are like me that think sort of, uh, you know, they're sort of economically conservative, um, they're going to be like, oh well, there's nobody vote for about the Republicans, so let's get behind the Republicans. Yep. And then you know they they get behind whatever Republicans uh, the closest to the that they believe might have a chance of winning. Well, uh, Ron Paul. 
Hall will win, so we'll support Mitt Romney. And uh, then Mitt Romney loses. Well, now we got to go with John McCainiac, but he's a lot better than Barack Obama. And, you know, it's just so sick and sad. And, of course, the uh, the talk radio hosts come in with their standard name-calling. I mean, this is all, this is the best they've got. Dana Loesch, a radio host on a local talk station, revved up the rally, served as MC, signs waved around her, including pork, the new red meat, and King Barack III in the House of Lards. <laughs> aren't they witty and aren't they cute? Well, you just keep calling them names. That's going to change things. Let's dump some tea into the harbor out of our little plastic baggies and show people that we mean business. Come on. 800-259-9231. Does anybody really think this is going to do anything to change things? This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, then you can help support uh, Free Talk Live by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, you can probably find it at Amazon. They've got dozens of categories, including used items. So you can even save a few more dollars on Amazon's already low prices. Just enter through amazon.freetalklive.com and we'll get a percentage. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. And if you are looking for marital aid slash adult product, that sort of thing, well, I recommend you go to adameve.com because they've got a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off of toys as low as $6.95, regular price, featuring uh, over 18,000 adult entertainment products, lingerie, over 350 movies. 10 million customers swear by their product quality at AdamEve.com. Again, use our discount code to save yourself 50% on your first item. That's AdamEve.com. AdamEve.com discount code is FTL, like Free Talk Live. All right, so we continue with your phone calls. Dave is on the line in Michigan. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey. I uh, was listening to the podcast from this weekend, and I guess I'm noticing a pattern. Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware of that the uh, you really get a lot more statist calls on the Saturday show. Have you... Uh, Yes. Well, on Saturday we're on uh, significantly more stations than we're cur- when we're on on weekdays. It's true. I, th- I think it's like three times as many stations. So what you'll hear is, uh, especially in in Florida and WFTL, WFLA. Um, what's the one in, uh, in in Indianapolis? WXNT. Um, you'll you'll find people that are listening to the big talk station in town hearing us sometimes for the first time ever, mm-hmm. and they cannot believe the stuff that they hear. First off, they hear voices that are younger than what they normally hear on the radio, so therefore they don't they don't carry quite that weight of wisdom. Pe- <laughs> yeah. People believe the older you are, the somehow the, the the more you know about the world. And 
Yeah, it's just nonsense. And we're not echoing the Republican talk show talking points, so they're really confused by that. And that's one of the reasons why the Saturday show is just so much fun, because there are so many average folks just happening to tune on in, and it's in, it makes it lends an interesting dynamic to the program. Ideally, all of the the weekday shows should be like that. We just don't have enough affiliates to make it that way at this point. Yeah, so the the consistent theme that I get when they're calling in, of course I get it when when I'm talking with people is uh is if it's because it's uh on the books as a law, therefore it must be right. Mm-hmm. I mean that I'm hearing that constantly and and I was the the point I always reference when I hear that I wonder if either of you have uh, read uh, Bastiat's The Law. I have. It's I been have years. Too. Yeah. That's really kind of the root of it right there. That's um where Bastiat explains that the uh, the proper role, the only role of law, is to protect life, liberty, and property. Mm-hmm. And when law is used, or legislation, man man made legislation is used to to take away life, liberty, or property, that's just plunder, and there's and it's completely illegitimate. I'm with you, man. No doubt about it. And it's getting people to understand that it is a real trick. And over time, after they hear it often enough, it'll sink in and it'll make sense to them. It's like we we hear from these people sometimes on Saturday nights. I remember there was a a lady probably in her 40s, I would guess, that called from Tampa to say that it's kind of a typical story of the Free Talk Live listener that when she first heard us, she was outraged. And three weeks later, she's drank the Kool-Aid and she's on board with Liberty. And hey, that's great. However long it takes, whether it's three weeks, three months, three years, it'll get to you. The ideas of freedom are persuasive. Uh, I respect your optimism, Ian. I, uh, and I, <laughs> I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't know how it's how it's ever going to become a, a mass movement again. It's people... happening right now. Well, you want to know how? Look to New Hampshire. Look yeah, at the, I... It's a deliberate movement of people gathering together for a common purpose, and the common purpose is to live free. And it's starting, it's already underway. We can see how effective it is when we have dozens of people showing up for somebody who's just been accused of marijuana possession. Tomorrow morning, Andrew Carroll, uh, one of the civilly disobedient protesters here in New Hampshire, is going to be arraigned. Also, Mike Barsky, another activist, is going to be arraigned on charges of organizing something a public gathering without asking for permission first. And there are going to be probably a few dozen, a couple dozen people at least there backing those guys up. And that's how it's all starting. And it's only just barely begun. So take that vision and expand it out times 100 and try to imagine what that means. I honestly can't really imagine what it means, but I know it means change, and it means change in a positive direction as far as I'm concerned. And there's really no reason not to be optimistic. I mean, if I wasn't optimistic, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this radio show. If I wasn't optimistic, I'd probably just be hunkering down and just trying to go along to get along like so many other people are. I've been following the Free State Project for years since back to when, uh, I remember back when they were just voting on what state they were going to go to and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I own a business here in Michigan, so my uh, my ability to pack up and head out is somewhat more limited. But hey, if, um, if uh, the government succeeds in completely destroying the dollar, wipes out the economy and takes my business down with it, maybe I'll be over there fighting with you guys. Yeah, yeah. not much choices at that point, huh? Yeah. Well, and I, and I hope it really doesn't end up being a fight. I don't like thinking about it as a fight. I think that the voluntary society is an inevitability. I think that it is coming. Uh, it's just a question of when it actually arrives is really the only thing that is to be determined. In fact, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network recently wrote up an excellent 
email to one of the local city councilors here, again, Cynthia, we talk about her so much. Uh, he wrote up an email to her, and I'm encouraging him to post it publicly because he really spent a lot of time, and it was very lengthy, uh, just going into how, look, this is what's happening. You guys can keep fighting. It's the, They're the ones that are really fighting. They're fighting to keep the status quo. They're fighting against the changes that, it, again, as I say, I believe are absolutely inevitable. Mankind is going to evolve to its to the next, you know, its next greatest vision of its of what it could be of itself, and it is going in that direction. Now, do the uh, the old guard? I mean, are they going to put up a lengthy fight? Or how many people are they going to hurt between now and the arrival, the complete arrival of the voluntary society? There's no way to know. All of those decisions lie with those individuals as far as how long they will continue to resist this viewpoint. But as more people continue to gather in New Hampshire, as more activism continues to pop up all over the place of both a political and an apolitical uh, market-based mentality, activism all across the spectrum, as it continues to build in popularity and more people come here, they will realize at some point that their days are numbered, and they'll either have to come on board with the ideas of freedom or go find some of the remaining pockets of the world in which... which in the, in the case of the initial phases, uh, will be everywhere but New Hampshire, go somewhere else where your tyrannical ways are more appreciated because they won't be here, and it's only a matter of time. Thanks yeah. for the call tonight. Okay, thanks. Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line because it has to go that direction. Seems that, inevitable to me that that uh, that liberty is going to spread. I, I don't know if it'll. I don't know how fast it'll spread. <laughs> you know, but I think it'll work here in New Hampshire because people with the intention to create more freedom for themselves are coalescing into one location for the first time since. Well, maybe the original American Revolution. I see action, and I see people moving. So I've seen, um, I've seen action along the way. I'm seeing more action now. I'm, I'm seeing people continuing to move. To me, that means there will be more, more action in the future. I'm seeing a, uh, a, a real... Uh, people are standing against uh, the government, new big laws, things like that. I think that, that it'll be a real watershed when we start actually getting rid of old, nasty laws. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, currently we're just just trying to keep the the new nasty ones from coming into play. We've had our wins, we've had our losses, but uh, you know, I we, we're doing a heck of a lot better from what I can tell uh, from any place that I've ever seen or heard of. We are creating the voluntary society right now and it is coming. It's just a matter of when. I'd and just that, rather see a much more limited republic. I that mean, fine when, with that. That when can be here sooner rather than later with your assistance. We continue with Justin in Canada. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I have a question about uh, a friend. She uh, lives in California, mm-hmm. and she owns two houses down there, mm-hmm. and uh, she's going down pretty quickly, um, and she's wanting to sell them. And I, I don't know a lot about the real estate, especially in America, um, and I'm wondering if you guys have any insight on what to do. She does want to get both, rid of both of them, and the, the best idea she's had so far was uh, to short-sale them. Um, I, I like Sam's approach. Yeah, uh, Sam's approach was good, and basically what he did was uh, every week he lowered the price of the house by $1,000. What that did was it created urgency in the minds of people who were watching the uh, the house and uh, caused them to you know think, oh, who's going to get it before me? Yeah, I better make a move on this or else someone's going to snatch it up. I wish we had more time to discuss it with you. Thanks for the call tonight. You can call back tomorrow if you want to expound. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 